it to after Christmas. That way we'll have more to be thankful for. Well, that kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, that'd be a pretty good idea. Just, just move it on out. We got more to be thankful for. And uh, so as I was studying, as the Lord brought these scriptures to my mind, uh, I, I began to think about this, uh, these things. You know, 2020 was challenging. In my reading last week, uh, I'd ran across another uh, record of saying, and it was by Charles Dickens, and, and, and he said that America should change Thanksgiving to 364 days a year and one day to gripe and complain. <laughs> well, that'd be pretty nice too, but that'd sure be one horrible day, wouldn't it? It'd kind of be like the day that never ended, I think. Uh, it, it would just be bad. I was thinking about that as we were singing that last song. All the earth would sing its praises. All the earth would lift their praises. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be wonderful to hear? But yet we, we, we look at one day, a designated day, a designated week on, on giving thanks. You know, it brings up a valid question, I believe, a question uh, that we need to to, to ask ourselves, we need to look at, you know, is, is being thankful or giving thanks something that we designate to just one day a year, one week a year, you know? I believe, uh, I believe Scripture's clear. I believe being thankful is, is to be part of our daily lives, is to be part of our daily walk. Not everybody is that way. I believe Scripture's clear on what God desires for you and me as Christ followers. I believe that we are called to come before God with a thankful heart. You could say with a thankful attitude. With an obedient heart. That's what God calls us to. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let us come before Him with thanksgiving. And that's what we're doing this morning. But it's, it's Sunday morning. It's worship time. It's church time. We come before him with thanksgiving. But it doesn't say that. It just says, let us come before him with thanksgiving. Psalm 100. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. It's what we just did, didn't we? I don't know about you, but there, there, there was a moment in, that, in, in just the praise where I just kind of got lost in it. And I, I just didn't know you were here. I didn't know anything. I was just praising God. It's a good place to be. It's a good place to be. The pastor, writer, teacher, Warren Wiersbe, he writes about this Psalm 100. He said, it is clear the writer of Psalm 100 is calling us to look up and to see the blessings of our God some people are appreciative by nature, but some are not. And it's these latter people who especially need God's power to express thankfulness. We should remember that every good gift comes from God and that He is the source, the support, and the end of all things. The very breath in our mouths is the free gift of God. Thankfulness is the opposite of selfishness. The selfish person says, I deserve what comes to me. 
other people ought to make me happy. But the mature Christian, he says, realizes that life is a gift from God and that the blessings of life come only from His bountiful hand. Amen? We're to look up and we're to see. We're to recognize and we're to give thanks to Almighty God for life and all of its blessings. Philippians 4, 6. Oh, what a year to remember this one, right? What a year we had that we should have gone to this one, and maybe you did. I know I have. I, I, I know that I'm, I'm one of the few people that, that, that grew up struggling with anxiety. If you've never struggled with anxiety, God bless you. It's wonderful that you have it, but it just showed up one day. I didn't ask for it. I wasn't looking for it. It just showed up and took a long time to shake it off. And then the Lord uh, allowed me to have some heart attacks and, 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 and surgery. And, and guess what showed up again? Anxiety. I'd go right back to this scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. With prayer and petition, with what? Thanksgiving. Present these requests to God. My request during those times was, God, you created this body. Allow it to work the way you created it to work. I needed help. I needed relief. I needed, some people say, I just wanted to get off that ride for a little bit. Ephesians 5.20, another one. We probably didn't read much this year. But it says, always giving thanks to God, to the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give thanks for everything. As I begin to read these scriptures, I begin to feel <laughs> convicted. I spent eight or nine months with a lot of complaining. I didn't complain out verbally, only with, only with my safe family. <laughs> but I was complaining inside. You may have spent a lot of time complaining this year. I don't like this. I don't like masks. I don't like this. I don't like the rules. I don't like this and that. I don't like stuff. I don't like how it is. I've heard people say, I wish you'd just go back to normal. I heard that when the towers fell. I just wish you'd get back to normal. But in those times, there was more people in God's house seeking the Lord than there ever was. Why would we want to go back to normal? I don't know about you, but there's things in me that's changed because of what's taking place. We get comfortable. We get content where we are. God says, pray, give thanks for everything. There's nothing that's left out. Everything. Give thanks for COVID. Give thanks for the unrest. Give thanks for, are you crazy? How do we do that? I don't know, but God's word says it, and that settles it. Give thanks for it. That's hard to do. And then 1 Thessalonians 5. You've got your word there. Verses 16 and 17. And if you're going to start memorizing scripture, maybe these are the ones to memorize this year. Start out with these scriptures this year for several reasons. One, they're short. <laughs> I, I need a short scripture to memorize. 
right? I mean, we can memorize verse 16, can't we? Huh? Read it aloud with me. Rejoice. Be joyful always. Rejoice always. Whatever your translation says, be joyful always. Verse 17, pray continually. Not even looking now. What's verse 16 say? Rejoice always. You're getting it. 17, pray continually. Pray without ceasing, however it says there. Verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's what? Will for you in Christ Jesus. Man, what a way to start the year out. Maybe we even know what God's will is for us. Here we are on the third day of the year, and we're finding out what God's will is for you and I. And that's to give thanks. Give thanks. Rejoice always. Pray continually and give thanks in all circumstances. These three commands that, that God gives us here are not easy commands. They're very easy to memorize. They're not very easy to practice, are they? They're challenging. You see, our lives are so full of responsibilities. They're so full of activities that I think it's all that we can do just to keep our schedules, let alone to live about what these verses command us. That speaks to, that speaks to us and our way of living. You see, if we're going to succeed, I think, in, in, in obeying these commands, I think there's only one way, and that's not by trying harder. You see, that's our mentality. We, we, we try to do something, we set a goal, and we, 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 we fall short for whatever reason, and, and we just get up, we pull ourselves up, and, and we say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do better. I'm going to try harder. I'm going to try harder this time. I, I'm really going to do it. But it's not about trying harder. But I think it's about turning our focus to Christ. You see, when He becomes the center of our attention, then I believe our attitude and I believe our behavior both will change. You see, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. If our minds are set on the Lord each day, we'll be able to thank Him regardless of the situations. That's what I said as I was giving praise, as I was singing praises to God, as I was being thankful to God for hearing what I was hearing, for seeing the talent and seeing the service that I was seeing, knowing of those that came to worship Knowing those that are watching online took time out to worship, I just kind of got lost in that. And I found myself in the presence of God. Even before the preaching, even before the invitation, presence of God. And that's what it does. It changes us. You see, guys, we, we're to have an attitude of gratitude. Have you heard that? 
have an attitude of gratitude here. Studying this week, as I, I begin to look into these, I learned that the word gratitude comes from the same root word as grace. All right? Same root word as grace. And grace, grace, which signifies that free and that boundless mercy that God gives, comes from that same root word. Gratitude, thanks for God's grace. I also discovered that thankfulness is from the same root word as think. Hmm. So that to think is to thank. Uh, notice that I thought, wow, what a catchy title for a sermon. Thinking thankfully. <laughs> That's what we need to do this year. We need to think thankfully. You see, some of us need God's power to express that thankfulness. And shame on us for not being grateful to God. You see, to obey these three commands, it takes being a child of God. It takes being a believer in Jesus Christ in order to have any chance at obeying these commands. You see, as we learn to live in Christ, as we learn to trust Him, as He works in and through us, we'll become conformed to His image. And isn't that the goal? To be more like Christ. You see, we see in the Scriptures, Jesus was rejoicing. He always was rejoicing. He always was teaching the disciples. He was always praying to the Father. He was rejoicing to the Father. He was always thankful to the Father. So being in Him and relying on Him, I think it's the keys to becoming more like Him. You agree? God makes it clear being thankful is to be part of our daily lives. So we can be thankful for four things. First thing I think we can be thankful for is that we can, in Christ, we have forgiveness. Many times we're thankful for that right off. I'm so thankful that I've been forgiven. I'm so thankful when I see others come to salvation in Christ and God forgives them and the change that I see in that life. You see, Romans 5, 8 tells us that God demonstrated his own love in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I read that and I say, well, I was still a knucklehead. Christ died for me. You might read it the same way. While we were still in sin, while we were still unbelieving, while we were still unfocused, while we had our backs to God, He loved us enough that He died for us. Jesus Christ being the Son of God, He was the only sacrifice that could have been given to take away the sin of the world. You see, God's word is clear. You and I are sinners. Romans 3.23 tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of God's standard. Not the world's standard, not our boss's standard, not our neighbor's standard, not even our spouse's standard, but of God's standard. We've fallen short. We've fallen short. 
We came up short. That makes us a sinner in need of forgiveness when we're being judged by a holy God. That's the standard. Dr. Adrian Rogers, a pastor, teacher, I used to call him the voice of God. He said, we sin. We're not sinners because we sin, but we sin because we're sinners. That's what we are. And we're in need of God's forgiveness. Oh, how I thank God that he loved me enough. And he supplied a way that sent his son, the son that he loved to die for me, to die for you. We think about that a lot. And he sent his son to die for the world. No, he sent his son to die for you and me. We, we need not to forget that during our busy schedules. In Christ, we have forgiveness. Second thing is, in Christ, we have faith. We have faith in Christ. Romans 5, 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if you confess your, with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. You see, it's not our faith that saves us. It's the ob object of our faith. God, it is, it is in the object of our faith. We place our faith on Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. Do you remember just two weeks ago, our pastor taught us on faith. He was looking at Mary's faith and that we could learn from Mary's faith. You see, we're blessed because of the faith that we have, but it's not our faith that is great. It is God that's great. You see, God empowers us to live by faith. It doesn't matter what comes to us this year in 2021, 2022, and years beyond. It does not matter what comes because we know that God is with us. God's going to be with us. Deuteronomy, he told Moses, he shared with Joshua, he shared with many, shares with you and I today that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll never leave my children. I'll never forsake my children. We also know it doesn't matter what comes to us. All right, the God that loves us, the God that saves us, the God that takes care of us. Romans 8, 28 says that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who loves Him. We can trust our God. We can be thankful that our God is a faithful God. Third thing is, is that in Christ we have freedom. We have freedom in Christ. Romans 8, 1 and 2, Therefore there is no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Amen? There are things that God has set you free from. God set us free from the law of sin and death. 
We have something to look forward to. It does not matter what this world brings to us. It doesn't matter what last year was like. We can look ahead. Romans 6, 17 and 18 says, But be thanks to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted to, and you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Now this phrase, uh, free from sin, does not mean that they no longer had a sinful nature, right? To think that we no longer have a sinful nature is, is a dangerous thought, isn't it? We know that that sinful nature still lies within us, don't we? And the phrase doesn't also mean that they no longer committed sins, that they were free from sin. That's not what Paul was saying. But it's referring to the freedom that we have from sin as the dominating power in our life. Sin no longer holds me. There are things in my life that I was chained to before Christ. And after Christ, he has broke those chains. I have been freed from those sins that held me. They were not sins that just entangled me and held me down. You know what they were? They were sins that I liked. And that I went to and that I enjoyed. And God said, you don't have to stay there. I've broke those chains. Those drugs have no hold on me anymore. Things like that filthy mouth that I used to have. They don't hold me no more. I'm free from sin and it has no power over death and it doesn't hold me no more because of Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, it says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he'll provide a way out. Amen? Let's remember that. We don't have to be drawn in. We don't have to. Jesus was tempted. It's not a sin to be tempted. We just don't have to give in to it, guys. We can say no. How many of you have got that sign? You probably posted it. Not today, Satan. You probably got a shirt you wear. Not today, Satan. It's more than that. It is real. And it's through the power of Jesus Christ that we can walk away. Not held by it. Fourth thing that we give thanks for is that in Christ, we can focus. As I said a while ago, I think we're so busy, we, we don't have time to focus on Christ. I don't know, maybe we spend our 5, 10 minutes with the Lord or 15, whatever it is. Maybe you're starting out the new year different. Praise God. God bless you in that. 
spend more time with Christ. We can focus on Christ. Listen, as children of God, Colossians 2.20 says, Since you have died with Christ, the basic principles, to the basic principles of this world. We've died to those principles of this world. We've said no to the world and yes to Christ. Colossians 3, verses 1 and 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. We died with Christ. Now we've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above and not on earthly things. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. You know, what gets me is many things that I used to do, still do sometimes when the Holy Spirit convicts me of it, is, is, is in that verse right there. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ or hidden with Christ in God. We don't get away from nothing, guys. We don't get away with it. God is there. He is right with us. He's not beside us. He is in us when we make that choice to sin. When we lash out at a friend, when we lash out at a neighbor, when we lash out at a stranger, when we have a sorry attitude, God is right there. But that's not how we act. We need to focus on God. We need to turn our focus to God. Listen, what Paul's telling us is that we need to turn our focus from ourselves and the things to this world to the ways and the things of God. And, and, and we need to look at those things, not the ways of the world. We don't do things the way the world does things. We do different. We are different. We can't look at this world for truth and righteousness. This world and its ways are selfish. They're destructive. And it's deceitful. These are some of the very reasons here that we're to be thankful as a part of our daily walk. See, our gratitude stems from the sacrifice of God's only Son. hard enough as adults to, to get these things down and understand this and live it. I wish there was a way we could even get it to our teenagers. I see our teenagers that leave and that go to college and, and, and the statistic used to be 60% walk away from their faith. It's so hard. I just wish I could see the teenagers give everything for the Lord. Fall in love with the Lord. Everything you want out of life would be there because you're following the Lord. You find that Romans passage? We think about these four things that we talk about here in our daily walk. And how do we do that? How do we make all of this a part of our daily walk? Romans 12.1. Look at that. Therefore, I urge you, brothers... In the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. For this is your spiritual act of worship. Now we've got our will in Christ Jesus, and now we've got our spiritual act of worship. How is it? How do we walk true thankfulness? 
How do we make it a part of our daily lives? I think Paul tells us here in this text. And I think he shows us here. I think it's through the sacrifice of our very person. Paul tells us that we are to be living sacrifices. Sometimes that's hard to understand for some. I heard one man say one time, he said, Jesus, excuse me, God is not looking for you to die for him. He already has that in Jesus Christ. What he's looking for is for you to live for him. Sounds simple, but somehow or another, it just made a lot of sense to me at that time when I heard that, that we're to live for God. You see, on the basis of what God has done for us, that being He gave His Son for me, He suffered, He bled, He died on the cross for me, and it's because of God's mercies, it's because of God's goodness that you and I can present our bodies, present our lives to Him. Listen, God is pleading through the Apostle Paul. We know it's Paul talking, but God is pleading through the Apostle Paul. He says, I urge you. He says, I beseech you, yours may say. It means that I beg you. It is if Apostle Paul was standing here today on his knees with his hands folded looking at you, saying, I beg you to present yourself to God as a living sacrifice. First thing is, is that I must show thanks intentionally. We need to be intentional this year. I'm so glad it's only three days into the year, guys. Three days. We can start intentionally. I know it's hard. You, me, we all had things we were going to do on the first. We're three days behind already. But I'm intentional on starting. <laughs> Amen? I'm intentional. You see, our God is intentional, guys. We serve an intentional God. Genesis 1.1, it says, in the beginning, God. God was intentional. He was intentional. It was all God's plan. From the beginning, it was God's plan to send His Son to be crucified on that old rugged cross so that we would have an opportunity to spend eternity with Him. That's how much He loves us. Philippians 2.13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Guys, we need to be intentional this year. We need to be more intentional about being joyful, don't we? Rejoice always. It doesn't matter about circumstance. That's called happiness. All of us can be happy when circumstances are right. But we're not all joyful, are we? Always. For everything. Have you ever been around someone that's just a pleasure to be around? You leave and you just say, oh my gosh, it's so good to be around them. They're so pleasant. They're so joyful. 
It's not just a them, guys. They'll tell you it's Jesus. It's Jesus. We need to be more intentional about spending time in prayer. You know, when we spend time in prayer, we spend time in the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says that you make known to me the path of life and you fill me with joy in your presence. More intentional about spending time in prayer. We need to pray. God longs for us to come into his presence. I remember our pastor teaching about prayer one time. He said we cannot live for God without talking to God. The more we pray, the better we know God. The more we pray, the more we'll love God. The more we pray, the more we will obey God. We've got to pray, guys. We need to be intentional about these things. Second thing is, I must show thanks voluntarily. Paul says there in the, in the passage, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Present them. Present our bodies to Christ. Think about the last time you've done that. Maybe you've never done that. I look around in the mornings and I, I see who comes in. For many of you, I, I know, I've worshipped with you, I've, I've heard your testimonies. Many of you are children of God. You're saved by the grace of God. But I just wonder how many times do we go back before God and lay ourselves before Him and say, God, all I am and all I have is yours. You know, when you get a picture of that altar years ago when they would bring their sacrifices, it was a messy sight. After, after tens of thousands of sacrifices up on that altar, it didn't look too pretty. And, and, and they had big hooks up there so that when you put your sacrifice on that altar, it hooked it on so it wouldn't slide down because of all of the other sacrifices and the mess that was there and it'd fall off of the altar. It held it on. We need to just come before God and lay down before that altar and say, God, all I am and all I have is yours and I want to be your servant. I want to be your tool. I want to be a sacrifice for you. I just wonder what we sacrifice to the Lord. Does it bring, does it bring a fragrance that is pleasing to the Lord or not? Not sure. You see, when we sacrifice, and when they brought that sacrifice, when they laid that sacrifice on that altar, it had no other plans for itself. It was the sacrifice, and it was going to be sacrificed. It had no other plans. See, nobody else can do it for you. I can't do it. No one else can do it for you. Your parents can't do it. A friend can't do it. You have to do this on your own. We've got to do it voluntarily. This year may be your year. You may have been so frustrated last year that, that, that you're just in confusion entering this year. Well, I can tell you how to clear up that vision. That's to lay your life before God 
And I mean you're living a life. Don't misunderstand me and hear something crazy. You say, God, here I am, use me. Third thing is, is that we must show thanks completely. Paul says it's got to be holy and pleasing to God. You know, when you and I said yes to Christ, we said no to self. And that's the only way it'll work. Dr. Tony Evans, he said the very thing that we sacrifice on Sunday, we resurrect on Monday. That's our problem. It's got to be complete. We said no. We're to die to the old life. We place our new life, our old life. And we have a new life, but we place it before God. Eugene Peterson in the message, he describes this Roman passage in this way. He said, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday life, your ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and you place it before God as an offering. You see, embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. You see, we show this in the way that we give. We show this in the way that we, we witness. We show this in the way that we serve. We show this in every area of our lives. Apostle Paul in Galatians 2.20 says it like this. He says, I've been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. What's that mean? Husbands, our lives include all. Maybe it's our spouse. Special it is to say, Lord, have your way with my wife. Give her opportunity, man, to grow in the Lord. My wife, my children, my home, my leisure time, my possessions, my job, my bank account, my future, my ambitions, my goals, they all belong to you, God. That's what it looks like. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. What's that look like for us? As I said before, what my eyes used to look at, they don't look at no longer. What my hands used to take, they don't take no longer. Where my feet used to take me, they don't take me no longer. What my mouth spoke, doesn't speak any longer. That's what it looks like to sacrifice ourselves completely. Every one of us are struggling in these areas, guys. You know you are. And for us to be thankless children is a bad, bad thing. I'm reminded over and over again, I continue to see this quote and, and I keep it from a British athlete by the name of C.T. Studd he said if Jesus Christ be God and he died for me 
then no sacrifice can be too great for me to make for him. You see, when we come to the understanding it's not about us and it's all about God, it's then and only then we're able to truly, I think, be thankful, to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Favorite verse that I have, I keep on my office wall. Times of uncertainty comes from a book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk, Habakkuk was a prophet, but it was a time when, when, when he could see all that was going on. He looked at his world and it's in nothing but chaos. And he just couldn't understand why God was not doing something. You know, he, he voiced that in, 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 in other ways, but that's exactly what it was. And I thought, you know, I look at our world today and I wonder, God, what are you doing? Why are you just allowing all of this to happen? But it, Habakkuk knew that he served a faithful God, served a steadfast God. You read in chapter 3 as he, lots and lots of lamenting and carrying on and going on through there, but it gets him to the point where we all need to get to during our times is, is to know that God is faithful. Verse 17, he says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vine, though the olive tree fails and the fields to produce any food, there are no sheep in the pen, and there are no cattle in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. It didn't matter. He said, I will rejoice in the Lord, the God of my salvation. We can be thankful coming out of a horrible year. Guys, we don't know what this year holds. We're so great and grateful to get to it. We just went from Thursday to Friday is all we did. Christmas stuff's still up. We come in the way we went out. All right? But we serve a faithful God who is at work whether you see it or not. Just because something doesn't make sense to you doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. Helen Keller was born in Tuscumbia, Alabama on June 27th in 1880. And at the short, young age of 19 months, she contracted meningitis. And this disease left her both deaf and blind. But through the help of Ann Sullivan, who was partially blind herself, Helen started learning how to write and to read. Ann started Helen teaching Helen the names of objects by pressing the manual alphabet into her palm. She began to teach her how to speak. She learned to speak by placing her fingers on Sullivan's larynx to hear the vibrations. You see, what was seen as a miracle, Helen learned to read and to write 
in Braille, and she became exceptionally proficient in the ordinary educational curriculum. She went on to graduate cum laude from Radcliffe College. Despite her handicaps, Helen was not only grateful, but she devoted her life to assisting the deaf and the blind. See, Helen said, for three things I thank God for every day of my life. Thanks that he has given me knowledge of his works. Deep thanks that he has set in my darkness the lamp of faith. Deep, deepest thanks that I have another life to look forward to. A life joyous with lights, flowers, and heavenly songs. I don't know what you're looking forward to or looking for in this world. But as a child of God, it's not going to be the best. The best is yet to come, guys. You see, this year we'll all have special circumstances. We'll all experience hardships this year. But all given to us to draw us closer to the Lord. Aren't you thankful for the circumstances in your life? Can you say today in prayer, can you pray to the Lord, thank Him for the hardships, thank Him for those circumstances, give Him thanks that you may depend more fully upon Him and His grace. You see, Helen goes on to say that I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself my work and God see we can be thankful this year as we look to God as we depend upon God this year will be a year that we can glorify God and that means that we bring him honor through what we say how we act and what we think so let us this year not only this year but every year we need to think thankfully You may be here this morning. Maybe you just need to start the year off at the altar. Maybe you just need to say, God, here I am. All I have and all I am is yours. God, I'm tired of struggling. I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of being depressed. I'm tired of being defeated. God, I want your strength. I want your help. I want to be more like you. Guys, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. God loves you. God will enable you to be the person he created you to be. But maybe you just need to start off with prayer, praying that you'll be a more joyful person. I pray that I'm more joyful this year. I pray that I can give thanks for everything knowing that God is going to work it to the good for me and for you and for those who love Him. Just because it doesn't make sense here doesn't mean it doesn't make sense. But I can give thanks because one day I'll have another home and that's a home in an eternity with God where everything will be perfect and everything will be right. 
and everybody will be joyous and worshiping the Lord. Whatever God's asking of you, don't leave here without being obedient to Him. Guys, we can give thanks wherever we are. We can give thanks in the car. We can give thanks in bed tonight. But there's something about getting up and going before the Lord and laying ourselves down and saying, I'm yours, God. Let's be found faithful. Let's be found thankful this year. You stand this morning.